Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Lisa LeBlanc is a powerful songwriter, singer, and instrumentalist currently based in Montreal, Quebec. Originally from Rogersville, New Brunswick, LeBlanc has been working as a professional musician since she was a teenager and released three full-length albums by the time she was 26 years old. Her latest album is 2016's Why You Wanna Leave, Runaway Queen, which came out via the Bond Sound label in Canada, and it was subsequently shortlisted for the 2017 Polaris Music Prize. Lisa and I just had a conversation about the origin and meaning behind every single song on this record, which, as you're about to hear, turned out to be a really eye-opening exchange for the both of us. Sponsored by Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, Planet Bean Coffee, and Granddad's Donuts, this is Lisa LeBlanc on the 343rd episode of Creative Control with your host, me, Vishkana. Hi, Lisa. How's it going? Pretty good. How about you? I'm very well. I'm very well. Where are you right now? I'm in Moncton right now. The beautiful city of Moncton? I said. The beautiful city. The one and only beautiful <laughs> city of Moncton. That's where you live? Uh, actually, no. I I live in Montreal, but I'm from New Brunswick, so I spend a lot of time uh in Moncton and in Rogersville, my hometown. So I try to I try to come come down uh, the you know as often as I can. Right, right. And what was it like growing up? Uh, so sorry, you grew up outside of Moncton, or I did. Yeah, I grew up in a really small town, about an hour north of Moncton. But I I've lived in Moncton kind of on and off uh, during the last years and um just kind of spent a lot of time here i have a lot of friends here and i just really love the city and how awesome of a city and how culturally great it is and yeah so i just kind of try to come as often as i can yeah well moncton is near and dear to my heart 
on a musical level because of the band Eric's trip. Do you did you know? Oh, them? awesome! Yeah, I do. I mean, not enough. Like, I probably should start digging into it a bit more, just because I'm from New Brunswick and I've never really like I I know of them, but I haven't really like gotten my Eric strip phase. I'm sure it'll come very soon. It's it's always funny what how uh, a city is on a map for someone like for mm-hmm. me Moncton is on the map because of Eric's like I heard of Moncton because of Eric's trip I think but is, yeah. is Moncton noted, notable for other reasons absolutely I mean I'm a francophone you know I, I grew up uh, as an Acadian uh, uh, in New Brunswick so I mean Moncton is becoming it's always kind of been like the hub where all artists you know just kind of ended up being there uh, it's a really open city a very creative city and it's just kind of have this it, you know it's kind of like the best of both worlds it's it's you know it's bilingual uh there are a lot of anglophones a lot of francophones and uh but the francophone music uh like industry is awesome there's so many great bands going on right now and we have some really cool venues here and uh just like some super fun bars to go hang out in and it's just kind of like like a, a mini, a tiny Montreal, uh, but more accessible and it's just smaller, right? So if like everybody kind of knows each other and, uh, it's just kind of like such a great vibe, you know, maritime, you know, uh, kindness and, uh, you know, it's just, I, I, I love Moncton. So I mean, <laughs> like, I, <laughs> for me, it's kind of like obvious. Uh, um, I, I really have a, a big, uh, yeah, a big love for the city, and uh, it's becoming cooler and cooler. I find, like, uh, with the years, some really cool people are moving, and um, it's just, you know, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, you sound you sound vaguely homesick. Oh, I always am homesick. <laughs> That's <laughs> you, what happens when you're from the East Coast. It screws up with your brain for the rest of your life. You know, it, yeah. it's, it, you you just kind of have to always come back to it somehow. It, it, there's something really special about it, you know? Yeah, I, no, I hear you. And you've been making uh, music a long time now, right? Well, I mean, relatively mm-hmm. relatively speaking. You're, you're what, in your mid-20s or something like that? Yeah, I just turned 27 not too long ago and I've been doing it since I was 14 and I just grew up with it like I was saying I'm from the east coast so you know that whole kitchen party and you know trying to you pitch a rock and you hit a musician because that's all you have to do and because uh, it's so boring <laughs> sometimes <laughs> and where I grew up anyway there wasn't much to do so a lot of people played and uh, you know the family was all into it so so um yeah so kind of always been in music like just grew up with it and uh started taking it more seriously when i started playing guitar when i was 14 and then you know in writings and been touring ever since i was like 18 and been doing bar shows since i was 16 so yeah it's it's starting to the years are starting to slowly pile up (laughs) it's nice to be a veteran at something when you're only 27 oh by the way yeah (laughs) happy birthday i didn't get to i I meant to say that happy birthday thank you (laughs) (laughs) no that's 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 great so we uh if i understand things correctly we're 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 going to discuss this uh your latest record why you want to leave runaway queen what is, is this like your fourth 
record. Is that right? It's the third record, or you can say second and a half uh, in a way. We released an EP about two years ago, so that's kind of, for me. It's a full record. Some some people might say it's a half record. So it's the second or third, however you want to uh, okay. to see it. <laughs> yeah. But still, you're you're prolific, and and we've established that. So there's a lot of experience and new experience that I think has gone that went into the making of this album. That's fair to say. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Because you did some traveling. I understand you went on a, a pretty big road trip and so- yeah. soaked up some uh, American culture. Is that fair? Yeah, exactly. Uh, you've done your research. <laughs> <laughs> you went. Uh, was it primarily Louisiana that uh, impacted you? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I spent a lot of time in in the U.S. Uh, that was actually my second like big road trip. Uh, I did a first like a month and a half, uh, three years ago for for the EP, and uh, this road trip was really about you know trying to write songs and trying to get better at my instrument uh, instruments, and uh, so yeah. I spent two months uh, road tripping in the U.S. Uh, last almost two years ago now, um, and yeah, spent a lot of time in Louisiana. Being Acadian, uh, going to Louisiana was just kind of like this natural, uh, you know, kind of. Uh, it, it's so easy to go there, you know, because we, you know, we're from the same place, and um, so yeah. And I just really love Cajun culture and fell in love with it a couple years ago. Uh, love Cajun music, so yeah, I spent a lot of time in Louisiana just trying to kind of learn some more Cajun music and just kind of like hanging out there. It's such an inspiring place to be. Lafayette is really awesome and I really love New Orleans too. I spent a lot more time in Lafayette just because I'm a big fan of like more like the traditional Cajun stuff. Um, and uh, close to uh, Lafayette, like in the small communities all over, there's a lot of that. And so that's kind of what really interested me and i met some great folks and it was just really cool and spent some time in texas and uh, north carolina uh, nashville a um, bit of time in new york coming back and uh, that was about it for uh, two months yeah primarily the american south and american southern music traditions yeah, pretty much. Like, I, I kind of like, I, I love like folk music, uh, traditional stuff, like, uh, just kind of been getting into bluegrass and old time and uh, Cajun in the last couple of years, which is weird because I'm from a town where, where there's a huge bluegrass festival uh, every year um, and everybody listens to bluegrass, but I really hated bluegrass because that's all that people listen to. So I just kind of started listening to it like actually in the last couple of years, <laughs> but and actually going to that festival now for like it and listening to the music. <laughs> so, um, um, so yeah, no, it, it, it's funny to have that upbringing, but just kind of like not, at all wanting to be part of it and uh and you know 10 years later going down south to try to learn it and uh, so um yeah who knew <laughs> yeah when you're younger you tend to reject your immediate community and surroundings until you yeah. realize that there's uh, value to them exactly i wanted to listen to metallica and aerosmith you know that's not and that you know that's all i wanted to listen to i didn't want to listen to bluegrass <laughs> yeah yeah you mentioned that you wanted to go uh and make you made this trip to improve your abilities on 
instruments, not just an instrument, but instruments. What are you? What are your primary instruments, if you will? The, <laughs> my primary <laughs> instruments. Your many, many primary are, instruments. Yes. Are, are um, the banjo and the guitar and a bit of mandolin and trying to learn some fiddle. Uh, so yeah, so those are the four. I mean, I wouldn't count fiddle as an instrument. It's just kind of like a may, it might happen one day. Oh, but, oh you're um, still working on it. Oh, I'm, oh yes. I'm yeah. still working on it a lot. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, banjo and guitar was what I went there for. Um, uh, especially being a banjo player, uh, you know, just trying to learn all the, all the techniques, like the kind of traditional techniques that you hear in with a banjo that are claw hammer banjo and the bluegrass banjo, um, are all, you know, in North Carolina. So it was just really cool to just go there and be part of like so many other banjo players that all kicked my ass. You know, they were so much better than me and it was inspiring and a little depressing at the same time, but it was <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, let's, let's start to talk about uh, this record uh, and figure out maybe how, wh wherever you think it's uh relevant to talk about how you put something into practice from your your trip and your studies uh mm -hmm. feel free to 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 kind of uh offer that insight so the, yeah again the record is great it's called uh why you want to leave runaway queen my kids and i uh, just drove to uh, back and forth from the toronto metro zoo and we listened to this <laughs> album both t both ways uh like, you know we just listened to it nonstop, and that, that amounted my son said it's like a 12-song album became a 48-song album. That's how he described it. It's like, we listened to it four times, right? I'm like, I think that's right. So 12 times four is 48. So it's like a 48-song album. I'm like, I guess so. He's six. I guess so. He's just applying logic where he feels it suits him. Anyway, he, we enjoyed it very much. So thank you for soundtracking our trip to the zoo. Well, I'm glad you guys liked it. The 48 songs. The whole 48 songs. <laughs> the, Lisa, the Lisa LeBlanc box set version. Of, the box set. Yeah, yours. of this record. <laughs> so let's, let's begin with uh, the first song. Could you wait till I've had my coffee? I feel like starting a record, you have to start with a bang, and I felt like that was a good way to have the bang. <laughs> uh, if people got scared with that tune, they should just, you know, skip records. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so that way you have a bit of an idea. Um, it is a bit of an aggressive song in a way. It's a tone. Uh, it's a tone setter. <laughs> It's for sure. Yeah. And you, you, um, you have this remarkable ability of luring people in uh, in a narrative way that pops up throughout the record. And what I like about this song, if I may, is that you, you start out, I mean, even the premise is a, one of uh, a wounded position, right? Mm -hmm. You know, like, could you, I'm, I'm devastated, but uh, because some, I got some bad news. But then there's a, a lot, like the bridge, if you will. It's not really a chorus. The bridge is just this tirade it's unbelievable <laughs> yeah 
Yeah. It's kind of like the wait for it, wait for it. And then like, okay, well, here it is. You, <laughs> you, you asked for it. <laughs> uh, song. Um, it's a, it, it was extremely therapeutic to write. <laughs> well, since you're bringing up the subject, I never thought you were the one. I assume and, uh, it was yeah. inspired by a real-life event? It was. Yeah, it was. Um, uh, yeah, basically, Could You Wait Till I've Had My Coffee is a breakup song where you're like, can you just like not tell me that you screwed this up like big time before I've had my coffee? Like, you know, just like, <laughs> just wait. Just like, come on, like, be be gentle. You know, let me at least have my first sip, you know, like, the, you know. So, um... It's just kind of like a brutal awakening and, and having somebody, you know, just well, being an ass. And so that's, that, and so you, you write them a song cause, cause that's what songwriters do. You know, you just have to be careful what you do or say, uh, when you're with a songwriter. Is that what you actually asked when this was happening? Like, is it based on a real event? <laughs> no, it wasn't like an actual real event. Oh. I really, like, it, it was, you know, similar kind of, of story where it's like somebody tells you like, Oh, well, okay. Uh, you know, oh, I wasn't, you know, like, uh, I don't know. It just didn't work out. Then, Oh, I didn't really love you. Oh, actually I found somebody else, you know, yeah, like, kind yeah, of like a yeah. gradual, like, yeah. Oh, come on. Right. Just out with it. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. And so I kind of imagined it like, I thought it was funny to have like the, the coffee thing and just like, just come, like, come on, like, oh, just wait a second, you know? And, uh, yeah. Well, it's a wonderful uh, outburst there in the middle. It's fine. It's fine. You know, see you later. Yeah. Goodbye. It's great. <laughs> kind of right? go crazy. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. When you start, when you try to repeat yourself, like you're trying to have your own mantra and you're not believing yourself whatsoever and you're getting kind of pissed off. That's kind of like the part where I, I basically bash him for whatever and then just like, you know, try to recompose, you know, like it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You're talking to yourself a little bit at that point. Yeah, yeah. No, it's great. It's a wonderful song. Is there anything about the production or the instrumentation you'd like to comment on? Not exactly. Um, That's you on guitar. It, it's it's you primarily playing. Yeah, guitar? it yeah. is. Yeah. Um, it's a song that was actually written pretty quickly. Um, uh, it was the one of the last songs I wrote actually for the record. Um, yeah, I think I wrote it in a day. It was just kind of like this, it just really came out super naturally and probably just because it was super therapeutic and easy for me to write something like that. Um, and uh, yeah, no, I had, you know, different inspirations that I kind of wanted to go with them more of like a grungy, I just kind of wanted to, you know, go go crazy on that one. Yeah, well, you did. I think you did, and it's uh, it's totally effective. It's a great song. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on now. the The next song on the record is, by the way, the next song on the forty eight song <laughs> album. It. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, the next piece is a uh, City Slickers and Country Boys. 
another beautiful song with a really uh, alluring uh, guitar riff hook thing. Uh, what inspired that song? Um, that for the the guitar, I've always wanted to have like that guitar hero song where there was going to be like a harmonized solo. And when I started writing that tune, I was like. I heard it and I was like, I want this to be like an Eagles, like totally <laughs> like <laughs> Hotel California solo. Like, yeah, <laughs> that was like when I started writing the riff, like I, I just kind of like hummed it like I, it was like, and I was like, oh, I think this could be cool. And I heard the harmony. I was like, oh, man, this has to. And at first I was like flutes. Flutes. This should be, <laughs> should oh, be interesting. played with flutes. Right. Uh, we didn't have any flutes, and it ended up being a guitar uh, hero thing. So, so no flutes. But maybe one day, yeah. maybe I should like you know re relive that flute fantasy and and have it being played by flutes. Well, that would only add to the alienation that I hear in this song. There's a there's a <laughs> haunting quality to this song that yeah. uh, that you've you've tapped into. That you, you're tapping into. I think. Uh, feeling like you don't belong somewhere and also maybe uh, yeah. adapting to a, a place that has changed, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, um, City Slickers and Country Boys was was kind of like the post-road trip. Uh, uh, you know, I had a flash. I didn't really write any songs while traveling. I, I, I played a lot but didn't really write. Or I tried, but it never really worked. Um, and it was really when I came back and I had a lot of time in Montreal um, to write this thing. And, um, yeah, that's kind of where all the ideas started to pop out and, like, things that I had, you know lived during my travels and that was one of them it's kind of like the classic road trip story where you're either your car breaks down and you you're you end up in a really weird spot and you're like oh man you know like i might die here yeah like, this, yeah. <laughs> this yeah yeah is, this is this sucks <laughs> like um so yeah just kind of like that uh you know being in a really small town people look at you you're obviously not from there uh, and I, you know i i thought the like city slickers and country boys was a you know, like how I'm being from the country, like being from a town where you knew if somebody was walking on Main Street because there's two streets um, that and they weren't from there. You almost called somebody, you know, like who who's that? You know, like where where are they from? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so like that kind of feeling um Sometimes good, sometimes bad. So uh, yeah, that's what inspired that song. <laughs> well, again, it's uh, it, it does conjure this scene. And now that you, since you mentioned Hotel California, that's not going to shake me. That's going to be <laughs> now that I think of the guitar part. It's in my head, and and that sort of <laughs> surreal scene. You know, the, and you, enter the solo in your head <laughs> for the rest of the evening. <laughs> yeah, but that also that surreal landscape, right? Where. You know, there's there's something going on, and you don't exactly know what it is. Uh, so I, yeah. I I like that one. All right, I appreciate Thanks. that response. Now we move on to uh, a lovely song called "Dump the Guy ASAP." <laughs>
having heard the first couple of songs, particularly the, the opener, uh, this song is, it, it, you use the pronoun, you invoke the pronoun I, uh, and it's it's kind of like a friend being uh, supportive of another friend who's in a bad relationship. I th- uh, that's Is that it in yeah. a nutshell? Yeah, pretty much. But I couldn't help but wonder, and please feel free to dispel this or tell me I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. I couldn't help but wonder if you were actually taking the position of a friend talking oh, yeah. to you. Totally. We've all, like, I've been both sides of, of that song. <laughs> like, um, uh, I've also, you know, did, uh, I mean, Dump the Guy ASAP could be the song about the guy in Could You Wait Till I've Had My Coffee. Basically, yeah. For, like, yeah. It's, um, it's a, it's a song that I wrote seeing a friend in a really bad relationship where it's like kind of like what you want to say, like everybody wants to say to that person, but you just, you, you can't, or at one point you just do. <laughs> if you're a, if you're a good friend, <laughs> you do. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and yeah, just kind of like that fantasy of like, and having everybody, saying it you know like at the end having like everybody singing along i just could see like a whole party for her and be everybody being like chanting along to a hawaiian song and being like wouldn't it be lovely if you just dumped the guy asap yeah but until that day comes i'll listen and wait patiently and tell myself wouldn't it be lovely if you just dumped the guy asap Wouldn't it be lovely if you just stomp the guy ASAP? Now, uh, I, I I don't mean to be uh, prurient or, or 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 be nosy or or what what have you, but uh, obviously you've had some bad relationships. Are you someone? That, <laughs> is this an ongoing issue? Do you struggle with relationships? <laughs> I mean, the funny part of, you know, the, uh, this album sounds like, uh, like actually all my albums sounds like I have the worst relationships and I, and I've had bad relationships, but it's just like songs for me are a way of releasing something, you know, and just they're therapeutic. And that's how, why I've started writing songs was because I had things off my chest, on my chest and it was a way you know, to just kind of like let go of something or, or make fun of something, you know. And so, so for me, most of these songs were kind of like a picture of something or one day or like a 15 minute something or like me imagining like a situation like, could you wait till I've had my coffee or like, mm. the, well, yeah. So, so either, either like relationships i i love having conversations with people that's kind of like i've always loved people and that's a lot of where my inspiration comes from from conversations that i have um or uh, situations that i see or that i'm in and that or you know just kind of like a mix of all of that so yes i've had some some weird relationships but it it looks worse than it is because a song is forever but a relationship can last you know, a week yeah. <laughs> or two years, you never know. Like, and uh, a lot of the songs are about the same person or, you know, so it's just kind of like a, yeah, it, it looks worse than it is, all that to say. Okay, well, let me ask you this, though. You you write these songs and thus far, as we've been going along here, we the, the songs that we've discussed uh, that have to do with relationships 
seem directed at the the person the the the, the person that you've let go of and I'm also mm-hmm. assuming here that in your narrative voice, you are describing a personal experience, and that's presumptuous of me. But you're kind of saying that that's more or less true. Yeah, this is you. This is you and your experience, and you're putting it into songs. It's therapeutic. Do you end up in in talking so much about, say, this guy? Do you end up learning about yourself writing relationship songs? Do you do you end up getting <laughs> the other person's perspective on yourself somehow? Yeah, I try to I try to have both perspectives for sure and it's fun because with writing songs I can just put my perspective. <laughs> you know, I choose what what it's I like say. one side of the story. <laughs> yeah, I you can, well yeah, you choose or you can have other songs that you know it will have more of like I call them the adult songs where it's like the comprehensive breakup, you know, like, a, um, or, or like, this doesn't work. We both know it. it it's, and it's okay. Whatever. More of like a mature, yeah. mature breakup songs. And I love those, you know, I also love bashing somebody in a song cause it's hilarious and it's just kind of funny. And I, I also love playing with humor, um, when, when writing songs, just because I find it de-dramatizes uh, a lot of situations that can feel, extremely dark at times you know when it happens when it hurts um so um yeah i think i changed the subject i don't remember what i was talking (laughs) about very crafty crafty of you i was trying to turn it back on you and you got out of it (laughs) i don't want to talk about (laughs) you no no i i think i I think (laughs) i think i see what you're saying uh but i i do you know i think when you do stuff like the, the kind of creative pursuits that you uh engage in you do end up learning about yourself and yeah. particularly if you're writing so many songs or like you say, you often write about relationships and you end up at the end of it feeling better about the situation. But I do think it's helpful to kind of step back and, and see the other person's perspective when you write a song. Uh, it's not mm-hmm. your responsibility, but I imagine it might be helpful for you to the next time you're in a relationship to be like, well, that person who I don't have any respect for pointed out these things. Maybe there was something to what that idiot said, you know? Of course. Yeah. Okay. I I think we've psychoanalyzed you enough here, and we can move on. To <laughs> Do the... I have to pay you? No, 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 no. It's fine. It's free. It's free. I provide my services for free. This song, the next one, uh, my son declares this is his favorite song on your, on your record. It's called "I Love You." I don't love you. I don't know. As I think a lay person can tell, this essentially captures what it's like to be in a relationship where you, you're, you've you lost, your feet aren't even on the ground anymore because you're so mm-hmm. immersed in the other person. Is that, but it's also confusing because you're not sure. Is that essentially? I've actually felt like the, that tune for me was more of like a, well, uh, you know, like a, kind of what relationships well a lot of relationships can be or we hear about you know kind of like the relationships 2.0 um that we hear about you know nowadays where uh, it's harder to to find like um 
you know, to, to commit, uh, we all have commitment issues. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and, uh, for me, that was kind of like, from my own experience, um, having this, uh, this wonderful thing in front of me, but not being sure if you have to go for it or not and try to stop thinking about it. Yeah. Overthinking. Um, Overthinking about it. Yeah. Overthinking about it and being always kind of like in between the two where you're not fully, you're actually not fully immersed in it. You're not sure, but at the same time you have, you know, a lot of feelings and you're for, for this person uh, and it's going great. Everything's perfect, but why can't you do the jump? So it's basically like, well, do it or don't, you know, because that person is going to get hurt in the long run. That's kind of, there's one, there's one part where I say, like, once the words have been said, you can't go back to what you used to have, Yeah, which is like, you know, like when you say like, I don't know if I love you or not, it's pretty much over. <laughs> you know, you yeah. can't have that conversation without it sucking, you know, like, it's like, well, you're basically answering your own question. Um, so you don't love that person, you know, or it, it's just, you know, it's kind of a weird, uh, yeah, and not knowing a bit of yeah, in an uncomfortable situation. Yeah, I think you, you, you're, you're getting at the indecisiveness and empathy that kind of go hand in hand in a relationship where you want to, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're trying to see the other person's person's point of view, but Sometimes uh, when someone is, uh, if one person is decisive in a relationship, it, it's uh, it, it's it's not that's not good. Uh, you need both people to sort of agree, and sometimes you don't. Yeah. And sometimes that's the nature of relationships. So one person's got to make the decision. You know what I mean? And yeah. uh, and, and I should also say, like uh, uh, this song uh, includes the title of your record. Is that you? Mm-hmm. Are you the runaway queen? Oh, I was. Well, I've, I've, and I've been for a long time. <laughs> Probably still am. <laughs> I'm getting better, though. Yeah. Um, you seem more yeah. self-aware. You seem like this is all this is all leading to more self-awareness. Yeah, totally. But I mean, yeah, why, I thought it was a great way for me. I, I felt like it really expressed how, like, the last couple of years, like, I've been on tour nonstop since I've been, you know, 20 yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, so I've started playing music at a very early age and started doing it professionally at a very young age also. So, um, and it's just kind of been what I've always done, like always. And, and my parents were also, you know, uh, people who love to travel, so just kind of like the maritime going for a drive, you know, and being like, Oh, where are we going today? Oh, well, let's just go right or left kind of like, and my, my parents love being on the road. And it's, I just, I take it from them too. And, you know, my grandparents, too and the so um so just i love being on the road yeah Uh, i have a hard time being like staying put uh i've gotten better over the years and and uh, actually writing this record it was bizarre for me because it was the first time i actually set foot in like uh i i moved in montreal it was the first time i put like stuff on my walls because I I was always gone and actually like didn't have any more boxes of stuff. You know, I actually like, you know, unpacked for the first time in my life. <laughs> um, 
because I had a six month period to write that album and I did that first road trip for the first two months. And then after that, stayed in Montreal for three, four months, which for me, which for anybody else would be like, yeah, like, of course. But for me, it was a huge deal because it's, I, I hadn't really done it. Like as soon as I got comfortable somewhere, uh, I wanted to leave, you know, yeah, I didn't yeah. like being at the same place. And I, I love, I love the excitement that tra like traveling brings you and seeing a new city, even though you're doing sometimes the same things, but they're in a different city and it's different people. And so I don't know. So anyway, so that's a long explanation, <laughs> but I felt like it was, it really represented me in the last couple of years. Um, and was a good, like, you know, it was just kind of cool to, to bring that up in the record and so yeah it ends up it's the title of the record and it, it fits pretty well yeah well and and you should be commended for for being so aware of your restlessness i guess that you <laughs> that you turn it into your job like you turn it you, you got a job you made yourself a job where you can be restless and move around constantly isn't it great <laughs> it's the best <laughs> good, good for you. That's great. I know it's it's pretty awesome. I mean, it, it's funny because I'm like, well, you know, my two passions are traveling and playing music. So, I mean, it, it can't go wrong with what I've chosen to do as a you know for a living. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, you've done it. You've done it. You've you've you're living the dream as uh, I am, as it were. <laughs> Crazy. All right, let's move on to uh, song five on the on the album. Why does it feel so lonely? In parentheses when you are around. is a poignant song and it's a poignant sentiment uh i feel like almost everything i need to know about it is kind of in the title but can mm -hmm. you can you expand upon that uh yeah but that song um it was probably the song that took me like a year and a half even two years to finish it was a really hard song for me to write because i felt like very emotionally attached to that tune but obviously as i wrote it and it's a it's a bit more of like a uh, yeah it was more of a, a of a song that that hurt you know to to write for me um so it took a long time um but yeah that tune was basically just about being with somebody and you know having being loved and being with that person but having the dreadful 
emptiness, you know, that, that just kind of came with being with that person. And finally you felt lonelier than when that person wasn't there. Yeah. So, um, so that's what the song is about. Yeah. And, and like I say that it's, it's one of the clearest, uh, songs in terms of intent. I mean, right away when you see the title, you're like, Oh, I know where this is going to go. And yeah, then, and then you out, you outline. If you're feeling depressed, you skip that one. <laughs> <laughs> what about what about musically or production wise? Was there something you were after with this one? Yeah, but th- this one is the. F- when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas, absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. First time I've used the um, uh, quartet, in, a string quartet in my whole entire life, oh. which was really exciting. I really wanted to have like an orchestral um, feel at the end and have it really be a, like spaghetti western kind of like, you know, like riding towards the sun uh, type of feel yeah, um, yeah. at the end of that song. Um, uh, and, you know, I, I, I really love like instrumental breaks like that. And I also love spaghetti westerns. It's, it's just really cool um and the orchestrations that go with it and i love like the old school country like uh, uh like yeah orchestras that are you know it's a bit over the top you know like the 60s country uh stars where it's like anyway i i just love that stuff so i, I kind of wanted to bring it they're they're a little subtle but you you can hear them and that was really cool to do and um yeah, first time playing mandolin too, which was fun. So, uh, oh wow, on a record, yeah. first time you recorded yourself. But no, not yeah, first time. Uh, yeah, uh, now we now we carry a mandolin with us. So, one instrument more, one more instrument <laughs> in the guitar <laughs> boat. We have too many, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah. So, I mean, it, it was cool to write on the mandolin. It was a really different. Uh, writing on a new instrument is really special and brings you so many other ideas and that's kind of how uh, yeah basically that's the story of the song all right well i appreciate that i appreciate that all right we're at the halfway point of the album uh, song six uh self-proclaimed voodoo woman voodoo woman or so you say self-proclaimed tarot card fiasco voodoo woman tourist vulture high class 
that you? Are you the self-proclaimed voodoo? No. Woman? Oh, that I, is not no. okay. <laughs> that 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 is um actually that's a story of my my high school friend and I. We went to San Francisco for like five days um, during the first road trip. I did um, to the U.S. and uh, we really got screwed so bad because you know we, it was the first time, we're from a small town. It was the first trip we did, you know, and we really got like so screwed by a tourist trap of like a like a wannabe like fortune teller or whatever. It was like, oh, you have beautiful auras, and we we're like, oh, that's cool, <laughs> sweet. Yeah, and, you know, like like eighty dollars later, we're like, we just got. We just got screwed. <laughs> like, oh shit! This too. is a this is a similar to uh, the the coffee song we were talking about earlier. This is another build up where you yeah. let loose, <laughs> and it's devastating. Like all of a sudden, the song is going along, and you kind of you're making something's not right, and then all of a sudden you're just like, ah! Yeah, that's like after we get screwed, you know. <laughs> like, like, oh, you're, you know, it's a charlatan. We didn't know. But, <laughs> like, we're but, dumb. Yeah, you're dumb. But at the same time, you're looking for something. You're clearly someone that's looking for answers, uh, and you're doing it in various ways. You are maybe at a point where you're like, I don't know. I'm willing to take anyone's advice right now. I don't think, let me just, okay, let me say this, Lisa. I don't think you're dumb. Based on anything I've no, heard and this conversation, you don't seem like a dumb person. I just think that you, you're just like, I don't, I, we maybe, were naive. Naive, but maybe, but you're searching. You're a searcher. You're looking for answers. Yeah, totally. From life. Yeah, yeah we, we both were. <laughs> then, yeah, and we both discovered that it's easy to screw somebody who's never been outside of Canada. Yeah, I mean, clearly there's a gullible. I mean, you were willing to pay me. I didn't even try. I didn't wasn't going to charge you. You're like, do I owe you money for this? And you're a little too forthcoming. I think you need street smarts, is what we are learning here. Thanks, man. I'm. I'm. I really am going to grow from this interview. <laughs> wow. All right. This uh, next song is uh, perplex my son. He quite enjoys it. He says after uh, song four, which is again, it's a bit of a, t oh no, I love you. I don't love you. I don't know. I can remember the title. That's it, right? Yeah. That's uh, yeah right. Okay. All right. He likes this one next. It's uh Tigars. Mm -hmm. Tigo. Tigo. Yeah. yeah. Tigo. Yeah. It's okay. like, it's, it says if don't like skip the RS. I see. Tiga. Okay. Tiga. Uh, and this song is uh, in your, uh, shall I say, native French? Is that right? Yes, it is. Uh, so I am a little... I won the French award in grade 8 and then again in grade 9. Good work. Thank you. I mean, uh, merci. However, Congrats. it hasn't really... Felicitation. Oh, I don't know what that means. It hasn't it's really... It's okay, don't worry. <laughs> hasn't really it was in grade 8. <laughs> it was in grade 8 and grade 9. I won back-to-back -back <laughs> French awards. I really think that the French award at that point was about participation. 
or uh, if you will probably participation i don't know if that's even a word yeah, is that a word? word okay so anyway i would put up my hand and, and participate and they were like ah, let's just give this guy the award you know so i go. i was i won the award but my french is rusty and it's a big uh, source of shame my son's in french immersion so maybe that's why him. yeah maybe that's why this uh, resonated with him what can you tell me and uh, everyone listening about uh, tiga yeah, Tigo is a uh, yeah, like like you were saying, kind of like the native French <laughs> song. <laughs> oh, there's two songs in French actually on this record. That's true. Um, yes, this this one being the first one. Um, actually, it was really fun writing uh, in French for this record because since it was an English record, I had. Uh, I felt like oh, this is kind of like the whole like love story with Louisiana too. It was kind of really cool to listen to all these great songs and have uh, uh, the the Cajun French, which is simple and just kind of has this amazing accent. And I love the Cajun French uh, accent. It's my favorite in the whole world. Oh. Um, yeah, it's beautiful. It's like, it's so sexy. It's just the best. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so Tiga is just kind of like me, like, kind of talking more of like in a, the Acadian, um, the Shiak, we call it. It's like a dialect uh, that's, spoke, that's spoken in um, the southern part of New Brunswick with the Francophones. It's a, it's a bit of a mix of French and English, so a bit of Franglish and some old French expressions. So that's how why we call it Shiak. Um, and so that's a bit of, of Shiak for you. And it's about a guy who steals my car, basically. Oh, that's yeah. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> oh, is it inspired? Is that inspired by something that really happened? No, actually, it was um, it was actually inspired because a lot of Cajun songs talk about like Tifi Tavali Moncar, which means like oh, little girl, you stole my you like you stole my heart. And uh, at first, it was like Tiga t'es parti avec mon cœur, which is heart. Yes. Um, but. I thought I was like, ah, man, I I don't know. It feels kind of lame. Like everybody's saying it. I so I was like, I don't know. And my bass player was like, oh, t'es parti avec mon char, which is car. Car, yeah. So that completely changed the whole song <laughs> and the whole meaning of the tune because I was basically, you know, like talking about this guy, you know, and like kind of like the um. The, we call it the fou du village, which is like, you know, the crazy guy from the town. You know, there's always like that one crazy guy. Yeah, you know, um, yeah, sure. In small towns. I don't know if there's like a expression you would say that. The uh, yeah. The crazy guy. Okay, sure. <laughs> village. Basically. Well, there's all sorts the, of like village idiot, village but fool? village yeah. fool, something like that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of like the village idiot, the village fool that ends up like sealing my car you know like I see. so uh, yeah so uh, that's tiga for you inspired by louisiana and but not actual facts okay thank well, god it's uh yeah it, it, that's fascinating i didn't realize that so th this also suits the theme of uh restlessness uh kind of um craziness as you if you will like emotional like being emotionally overwhelmed this car and it's a car chase it's not a car chase but someone took your car. Feels like it, yeah. <laughs> it's it's a, is the song loosely about sort of joyriding or or. No, it's just about a guy who steals my car. That's it. Okay, just we <laughs> don't know what happens. He just takes <laughs> no. your car. Okay, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Anything musically you want to say about it? Um, no, I think uh, yeah, it, it was you know kind of inspired by Cajun, Cajun French, uh, but or like Acadian French, but also 
um, the riff was very uh, Cajun, and I also play triangle, which is ah. they call the T-Fair uh, in um, Louisiana mm-hmm. on that song. So that's also a dream come true uh, to finally be able to play triangle when I play shows, which is <laughs> the best. Well, good for <laughs> I you. I do that for hours. <laughs> this is a, a record and a process that is making all of your dreams come true, it seems. It is, yeah. totally. It's we, great. We move on to a, a relatively sparse song uh, instrumentally, and it sounds like a almost a a room mic recording almost. It, it has a, a unique sonic quality, I think, from some of the other songs on the record. Maybe, I, maybe I'm remembering this wrong because... Uh, I spent so much time listening to it with kids screaming in my car, but I believe uh, the the song I'm referring to is 5,748 kilometers. So let's get this straight. You're in Vancouver and I'm in New Brunswick. That makes 5,700 48 kilometers we're talking two different oceans four time zones apart seven hour plane ride plus connections a six day drive if you don't stop to pee too much it's probably the dumbest idea that I've ever had but I love you yes I really do it's a clever song what can you t- what can you say about this one uh, that tune was written about a long distance relationship I had, uh, with, with the, that being the 5,748 kilometers between Moncton and Vancouver. Uh-huh. So it's my cross Canada love song. Um, uh, and, uh, yeah, no, it's, it was basically kind of like the, um, the craziness of the, the beginning of a long distance relationship where you're like, oh, you know what? It, it's, it's far away, but we'll make it work, you know, and just kind of like the naive uh, thought, you know, that, that it will work. <laughs> so, um, yeah, um, that's so, uh, so yeah, that's what the song is about and just being kind of like, you know, well, I mean, it, it, it is a thing, you know, long dis- distance relationships happen and um, it happened for me. So that was my love song for that person. Uh, my my son pointed out that this has two curse words in it, the S word and the D word, stupid and dumbest. Oh, <laughs> he, was, he pointed that out. And I was like, I don't, those ha- aren't that bad. Those are not. We, don't make him listen to my French records because there's there's more of that. <laughs> <laughs> They're worse. We've talked about your your hopefulness. We've talked about your hopelessness, your rage, your naivete. I don't know if we've done a good enough job talking about your sense of humor because this is a song that's very funny. Well, thank you. You're welcome. And I think even the other songs that we've talked about, I, I mentioned the outbursts. Those are, they're, they're impactful because they're, whoa, like what happened? But they're funny. They're also kind of funny. And uh, you you make a, a, an effort to infuse humor in your work, which can be risky for a musician mm-hmm. who wants to be taken seriously. Uh, but humor is important to you, obviously. Is that fair to say? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, humor for me has always kind of been a way to de-dramatize things. Um, and for, in a way, and also in kind of a way to protect uh, myself and not have have it sounding so dark. Um, so so for me, yeah. And I, I mean, I've always thought that way. I've always seen, you know, like, I, you know, I've always thought that things can be funny 
the next day, you know, like, yeah. oh, and I've always thought, thought about life that way. And it kind of, it's just kind of like my personality that ends up being in songs. Um, it's really easier for me to be singing those songs when they have a certain twist of humor. So that way it's not as dark, like I was saying earlier. Yeah. Um, it's easier for me to present them. Uh, and I feel like if, if I write darker songs, they're more of like something I have to, you know, get out and they might never see the light of day or they might never get finished. You know, it just it's kind of like a natural process for me. It always has. Well, most of the time it has this kind of like a little twist in the songs. It's yeah, it, it's for me, it's just a natural process. Yeah, no, it, it seems like it's just an organic extension of your personality. That's what I feel like when I spend time mm -hmm. with your with your music. Thanks. Yeah, I, I and now I'm learning more about you through this, which I, again I'm not billing you for. I just want to emphasize Thanks. that again. Yes, sweet. <laughs> we move on to a song that uh, represents uh, uh, French, your French background and uh, and your English uh, background. Esher, you've overstayed your welcome. basically like um share is not like share the singer that would be weird um it's uh share is kind of like that a, would be weird i like that you had to point <laughs> that, that would out be weird because yeah. i don't know share personally and she hasn't stayed at my house or anything like for too long uh so i mean it, you know hey shout out so share is like a dear you know like a yeah. oh hey dear you know or like a hey love or whatever it's, it's kind of like a yeah, for in in French, it's like a so it was inspired by Louisiana once again. Uh, a lot of people call you Cher when you, when you go to to Louisiana and just, you know like hey hey boo hey Cher you mm -hmm. know so mm -hmm. that was kind of like the uh, inspiration for it. And you've overstayed your welcome is yeah it's basically about overstaying your welcome somewhere either being you know on one side or or the other. I've I've been that person where you felt like, okay, I think this should be my last day here. You know, like, I think this person wants to kick me out, you know, like, oh, okay. I'll, I'll be leaving today or having somebody like, you know, like when you travel, you know, you see a lot of people and you, you end up, you know, hopping with other people. And at one point you're just like, oh my God, I love this person, but I can't stand it anymore, you know, like I, I'm going to kill this person if I don't leave. <laughs> so it's like being, you know, or having like, you know, relatives come over at Christmas and, you know, the last day you're like, all right, man, like I've, I, you know, I've, I've seen uh, what I've had to see, <laughs> to see and heard what I needed to hear. Now, now let's go. <laughs> yeah. So this <laughs> is a, this is another song where you can see you you may be speaking on your behalf, but you can also see this being directed at you from someone else's perspective. Oh, totally. Right. Yeah, I've stayed on on people's couches, and I've 
I've had the feeling that I had to go, you know, it's it's just a normal part of traveling. <laughs> Again, dark but funny. This is a funny song. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, what about musically? Do you want to mention anything here? Uh, musically, not necessarily. I mean, it was it was inspired by a kind of a Cajun riff. Uh, but it, yeah, it's it inspired by Cajun music, and you know that's kind of what it with the banjo and yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Well, that's fine. We're going to move on now to Dead Man's Flats. Flats was a is a place in Alberta uh, right before Canmore, uh, where we had a couple days off and uh, we decided to stay there. And it's just at the beginning of the Rockies, and it's an amazingly beautiful spot. And yeah, we had a couple days to hang out like between shows, and uh, I was just kind of hanging out on the porch and playing some banjo, and that's what came out. And I decided to. To, to call that instrumental song uh, Dead Man's Flats and I thought the name of the place was pretty badass so <laughs> I didn't really you know ask any more questions and just named it Dead Man's Flats so it's inspired by the place yeah fully fully and completely I would say it yeah. sounds like okay that's that's cool that and I you know I have uh, my wife is from Alberta so I take a little cool. tiny bit of pride <laughs> in that as well and, and it's <laughs> I, not much. I it's I, I don't know that. Well, I know that area actually, but I've probably been there and I didn't but I didn't write a song about it. Let's move on. Uh <laughs> If you like to gamble, I'll tell you I'm your mate. You win some lose some, it's all the same to me. Ace of Spades. Now, this is a classic rock and roll anthem by the band Motorhead. Somehow, a version of it, your version of it, is now on your record. What? What? Why? The whole band is, we're all old metalheads. Um, and uh, I've, I remember hearing Ace of Spades for the first time and being like, holy shit, what's this? <laughs> like, um, and really, I remember the clip, you know, just like seeing it for the first time and really being like, it, it was my favorite Motorhead tune. Um, uh, and yeah, so it's kind of like a, a, a way to, and you know, with the passing of Lemmy uh, in the last, year it was just kind of like a such a natural way for us to like you know pay tribute to to lemmy and yeah like and and it's so much fun to play live because most like so it's like a 50 50 like most people don't really know the song or you know like think maybe it's one of our our tunes or whatever and they're like oh cool but the people who realize 
that this is a Motorhead song and it's Ace of Spades literally lose their shit. <laughs> and it's awesome. And all the techs come hang out after and they're like, hey man, sweet Motorhead cover. And we're like, yeah man, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> so it's just been such a blast to play. And I mean, playing it on banjo was just such a pleasure and being able to do a banjo solo on Ace of Spades, why not? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I saw the last Motorhead show in Toronto. It might have been one of the uh, la- one of the last ones ever. It was not uh, it was not a great thing to see. Uh, no, Lemmy was I'm in, sure. in poor shape and uh, struggling really hard. And it was it was very. I will say it was. This would have been in September, and he he, he passed away that December. And it was it was very right. hard to watch. I have to say so. But at the same time, I uh, when I heard this on your record, it. It just filled me with a warmth for the song, uh, I have to say. Because the song is menacing, and it's ingrained no. in so many music fans' heads now. But you've yeah. done something refreshing with it, uh, while also staying faithful to its arrangement. It's it's cool. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I, I'm sure Lemmy would appreciate it. Lemmy, uh. Lemmy likes uh, like the ladies, for one thing. <laughs> he did. <laughs> That's what I heard. I've, I've heard that, that Lemmy liked the ladies, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we're at the end. We we did it. We're at the the final song, I believe, on the record is uh, "I Ain't Perfect, Babe." And here I am haranguing you about whether or not you have any self awareness. And then you close <laughs> the record with this song, "I Ain't Perfect, Babe." Which uh, what could be more self aware than that? I ain't perfect, babe, and I'm trying to accept it. I got my own shit to deal with. Oh, I know, I know, I know. This must have been sort of therapeutic and for for you in some way. Oh, it definitely was for me. That's kind of like the most personal tune. And I actually was wondering if I was gonna put it on the record or not. I was like, uh, should this be for me only, <laughs> or like, should, you know, should I release this? Uh, and uh, I ended up doing it because why not? Um, and uh, yeah, no, I just kind of like the this song, my perfect babe, is just kind of like. Uh, I feel like we have a lot of pressure nowadays um, uh, to be perfect uh, and it's getting harder and harder, I find, for the younger generation. Um, We have a lot of fake perfection, which is being, you know, like kind of the image of what society should be or whatever. And it's just kind of like we have so much pressure uh, to be performing all the time. And also, I mean, like having a job, which is my favorite thing on earth, which is playing music, is also just kind of like, you know, you can't miss a beat. Uh, You can't afford to, you know, not be at the top of your game every time you're doing a show or an interview. And that's great. That just kind of comes with playing music. Um, But at one point with uh, when exhaustion uh, or burnouts come in, it it gets really hard um, and you have to find out, you know, like you have to work really hard into remembering why you're doing this and, you know, like uh, it, it's going so fast. So, yeah, it was just kind of like a personal song being like, I'm not perfect. Uh, it's I'm really trying to to accept that fact and um, and just kind of like live my life <laughs> for God's sake. Yeah. <laughs> 25 years old and wishing I were 30 Just to feel better in my own skin The grass is greener on the other side Do you feel like you 
and I'm not trying to put pressure on you to be some kind of voice of a generation type person, but is that a, a line or a, a, a couple of lines, I guess, that reflect an angst within your generation that you're, because I, I will say I'm in my 30s. Enjoy your 20s. I, I, I don't I, I don't want you to rush into being where I am. I, I, I want to say that, first of all. But yeah, are you are you are you saying something that you feel other 20 year olds can relate to? Uh, actually, from I, I don't know if other twenty-year-olds can relate or not. I I thought I thought actually that might be kind of weird for me to say, and I I figured some people might be like, "What the hell are you talking about?" Like, <laughs> you know, like you're twenty; it's the best time of your life. Like, but I've all I've hung out with a lot of older people. Um, I've actually been with older people all of my life, and it just kind of grew up uh, with adults when i was a kid because there wasn't really many kids when i where i grew up um and uh, just kind of been always and a lot of my really good friends uh have started turning 30 and or being older even mm. in their 40s and whatever and right. I, you know like and um uh i had this kind of wave of uh of people being like, ever since when I when I turned thirty, all of a sudden I stopped giving a shit, you know, about so many things that I used to care so much about when I was twenty, and I just feel so much more relaxed or whatever, and just being like having that experience, um, making you a bit, you know, like stronger. You've you've you know like some some things you see that are not you know, that don't matter, you know, they're yeah. you're like, oh, whatever, or you choose, you know, or you, you know now. And uh, so that, that really, like, hit me a lot, because a lot of my friends were turning 30 and or 40 and whatever. And uh, hearing that conversation a lot made me wonder at that point, because, you know, it was just kind of like a rough patch hmm, hmm. Uh, for me at the time when I, when I wrote that tune. Um and it was like, oh my god, I can't wait to be thirty and have that feeling, <laughs> you know. Like, um, and you know, it was it was a stressful year at the time, you know, that that I wrote it. It was, you know, like a trying to write a, a a second record after first one that you know had a pretty good success and having, you know, like a lot of pressure from different sources, but especially from myself and just trying to to constantly be looking for for the and be be careful and be like why am i doing this i have to be doing this for the good reasons you know and you know like always trying to find that path you know so it was yeah it's a long explanation kind of vague but that's sort of what the song talks about yeah well you you we've established that you're someone who needs to keep moving and by this point in the record it seems like you're someone who wants to move through time and that's that's just something going on there. I, I don't have time a, travel, man. There's <laughs> <Do it. laughs> time and travel. I think both. Yeah. You, you need to just. You're like a shark. You're like a, a songwriting <laughs> shark. You have to keep moving <laughs> to survive and feel like you're contributing to the ocean or something. I don't know. I lost it at the end there, but I think uh, songwriting shark. I'm gonna, I'm gonna remember shark. that one. <laughs> well, I appreciate this. I, I know this can be a weird exercise to go through your whole record, but I, I learned stuff. Oh, that's awesome. I hope you learned Thanks things for, about it. Thank you for taking the time to listen to all the songs and the, the, all the, the questions about the lyrics and everything. Thanks a lot. Oh, it's it's my pleasure. So what's next for you, Lisa? This song, this rather, this record has been out uh, sometime uh, received all sorts of accolades. Are you working towards a, a new record now? 
Uh, not really, actually. I mean, we've been touring nonstop since the records came came out, and I mean, like, I just haven't had any time to sit down and just kind of write. Um, it's it hasn't really started to flow. It's starting actually. Like this summer, I started writing some new things, uh, but like I, ha- I haven't played any new stuff live or anything. So hopefully that'll come soon. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's it's slow on the writing part. But I mean, we just haven't stopped and I don't think we're going to stop much for the the next year so so yeah hopefully get to do some songwriting sooner than later are you uh spiritually and socially happy right now are you content yes i am very content okay that that <laughs> yeah. might actually be a hindrance to you writing songs about being angry at people that's yeah, all i'm saying yeah i don't know what i'm going to do i'm like in a good spot <laughs> i'm like shit what am what am i supposed to write about <laughs> well, i'm sure uh, something bad will happen to you soon uh, oh thanks <laughs> i appreciate it i'm i feel so much better now <laughs> so we've been talking about all these songs is there one we can go out on is there something from the record that uh, we can play for people in its entirety um yeah sure why not i love you i don't love you i don't know this will go out. It's, to, your, it's your son's favorite. We'll go. We'll send this one out to my son, and I, yeah. I, I think he would appreciate. It. Okay, we'll go cool. with that. And again, the record is called uh, "Why You Want to Leave Runaway Queen." Oh, and Lisa, where can people learn more about you? Oh yeah, so we are on the big old world of the internet. Um, we have a Facebook page. My name is Lisa LeBlanc, and uh, yeah, we have a website, LisaLeBlanc.ca, and I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and whatever. Okay, so you can follow me on there, and you know. We have some tour dates coming up and all that jazz. All that jazz. All right. All right. Mm-hmm. This is I Love You, I Don't Love You, I Don't Know from uh, Why You Want to Leave, Runaway Queen. Lisa, this was really fun. Thank you for being on the show and best of luck with everything. Hey, thanks so much. That was great.
Remember Excellent and latest album, Why You Want to Leave Runaway Queen. That was Lisa LeBlanc with a song that my son has fallen in love with unequivocally, even though it's called I Love You, I Don't Love You, I Don't Know. Thank you, Lisa, for having a, an extensive conversation uh, on the show about this record. I enjoyed that immensely, and I hope everyone listening enjoyed it as much as me. This is the 343rd episode of the Creative Control Podcast, which is available everywhere. iTunes, Audioboom, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Overcast, all sorts of places. It's also uh, on my website. On my website, vishkana.com, you can learn more about me and the show and access episodes from the past, which may not be accessible on some of the things I just mentioned. Sometimes that happens, but I believe most things are available. And if they're not, again, vishkana.com. You can like Creative Control with Vishkana on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at vishcreative. Also, follow me on Twitter at vishkana. And to listen to a version of this show that is mostly the same, but sometimes can be different. The other day, me and my kids did a radio show, and it was fun. And it was under the moniker Creative Control. Sometimes I just do a plain old, fun, music mix radio show. Every Wednesday at noon Eastern Standard Time, you can tune in via CFRU.ca around the world, or if you're in the Kitchener-Waterloo region, at 93.3 FM on your radio dial. So please do that. Also, visit patreon.com slash creative control to make a flexible monthly donation to keep the podcast going. I appreciate your support for the show, and if you can spare some money a month uh, to keep it going, that would be great. And uh, in return, I'll send you a T-shirt, a creative control T-shirt while supplies last. This episode would not be possible without our sponsors, Pizza Trocadero, whom you can call for pickup or delivery at 519-829-2444 or check them out at trocaderoguelph.ca. Uh, the Bookshelf, an independently owned bookstore, bar, music venue, and movie theater located at 41 Quebec Street in Guelph. Learn more about them at bookshelf.ca. Planet Bean, freshly roasted, fair trade, certified organic coffee. More information about them, planetbeancoffee.com. And also, Granddad's Donuts, located at 574 James Street North in Hamilton, Ontario. If you like delectable, old-fashioned, giant donuts, visit granddads.ca for more information. All right, that's the show. Again, thanks to Lisa LeBlanc. Thanks to all of you for listening. Please continue to do so and support the show by rating it, reviewing it, uh, sharing episodes with your friends, uh, going to all those podcast things and telling them that you like the show, subscribing to the show. All of that helps. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I will talk to you very, very soon. Goodbye for now. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlingbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.